will avoid loss. I'm sorry. I just, I hit the record button on it. Just, I won't publish or release any of this without any of your uh, permission or anything, but uh, uh, go ahead. Um, and so I went to graduate school with the, I'm sorry, my, the UPS guy's coming and my dog is losing her shit. Lovely, lovely. Um, so I went to graduate school with the idea, okay, I'll just be a professor or something like that. And then I realized that the politics of academia were absolutely batshit crazy. Yes. Know, like, and, you know, I, I did a hard pivot away from that. Um, and, you know, at that point, I had an undergraduate degree in philosophy and a master's in English, which in my dad's words was a pre-homelessness degree. <laughs> I've never heard it expressed uh, that way, but that was pre-homeless. I have a degree in pre-homelessness. Awesome. Gosh. Um, and so I, I ended up after a year of working in, in the nonprofit world, going to law school. Okay. Um, so not, you know, not only not your first choice, but you actively tried to avoid it for I, a time. I tried at least. to avoid it. You know, I mean, I, I saw, you know, for, for most of my childhood, you know, the times that I got to spend with my dad were, you know, Saturdays when Notre Dame played. Um, or, you know, weekends when he would take me into the office and, and say, Hey, I need you to find this book in the library. Right? Okay. So oh my God. Do... Yeah. yeah. Come alongside not... me as we, as we delve into the live li law library, every kid wants to hear that. Yeah. You know, it, it was not, it was not your usual childhood. Um, right. But, um, you know, from there I, I clerked for, uh, for a judge right out of law school. Uh, it was the best job I will ever have. Um, yes. Uh, you know, agreed. Amazing. Uh, and then I went into a couple of medium law firms, you know, size law firms, you know, 200 lawyers, 300 lawyers, um, ended up in a national, international firm with about 2000 lawyers, absolutely hated every minute of all of it. Like, did you know it going in? Like, were you like knowing you're going to hate it or you're like, well, maybe, or what was your you mindset? Know, so like, I, I did, I, I had, it, it was a confusing thing right because yeah. i got into these firms and i was getting um what was considered by other people to be really interesting cases right i was i was litigating you know high stakes billion dollar matters i was yeah briefing stuff for the u.s supreme court and doing you know all the stuff that to the outside world looks like hey i made it yeah exactly the, the all the all those golden rings that are sort of hung out there like this is this is right. everything that we train for and aspire to right. and it was so empty mm. And it, it was just, you know, when I did go to law school, I said, okay, I'm going to do it because I want to help people. Right, right. right. Which a lot of us do. And, and even want, if we, right. we don't have that intention, we at least project it on our applications, right? That, that, that's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, and, you know, in, in the, you know, the, there was a period where, you know, I realized that I was helping, you know, Fortune 50 companies make a lot of money. Or, yeah. or not lose a lot of money, depending on, you know, the, the circumstance, but I wasn't helping people. Right. right. And, you know, it, it just wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, it, it might sound funny to say this way, but I got really lucky in that I came down with uh, a, a very severe illness and had to step away from practicing law for a while. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, I ended up getting an organ transplant um, as a result of this. Oh, and oh my gosh. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, like you're talking major serious, like disruption. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What was the first sign? Like how did it first show up that something was off uh, or was it just one day or kind of gradual? Or No, I mean, it, it, it was, it was gradual. Um, 
you know, there were there were just bits where I was getting really tired um, that I would lose track of things that I normally wouldn't lose track of, even with my ADHD. Okay. Um, Another point and, of connection we'll get to. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so I, I had uh, liver disease. Um, okay. It's a, a hereditary disease that, um, you know, it's it's a liver disease. Uh, right. And one of the, one of the things that is attendant to liver disease is what's called uh, hepatic encephalopathy. Yes, yes. In fact, uh, a woman who worked with us at, at Real-Time Creative Learning Experiences for a while actually yeah. also had, I don't know if it was the exact same thing, but she had to have a liver transplant as well in like her yeah. late 20s, early 30s. Major, huge, yeah. big deal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and it presents like early onset Alzheimer's. You just oh my gosh, forgetting things. You tell the same stories over and over again. And, and don't even know it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're totally unaware of it. Um, you know, and I had um, family members, loved ones who are just like, oh, and you don't seem right. And I'm just like, screw you. I'm fine. Right. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't see it. Right. Wow. Um, you know, and it, it eventually got apparent enough that I was like, okay, something, something's wrong. I would be committing malpractice if I continued on in, in the, you know, condition yeah. that I was in. So I stepped away from practice for a while. And did you have a diagnosis yet at that point or were you Not still yet. trying to figure it out? Yeah. I mean, we, we knew that something was going crazy. Um, I had an upper GI bleed where um, uh, I had an ulcer and a blood vessel burst through it. So, Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I, I should be dead because of that. Um, yeah. You know, I, I had a um, severe uh, GI bleed um, and I had to have a uh, sort of last, literally last second surgery. Oh my gosh. Uh, I had about a 10% chance of working. Oh, um, and it was at that point where I was like, okay, let's, let's figure out what's really going on here because yeah. I, don't, I don't ever want to do that again. You sort of got forced to hit the, the pause button and say, yeah. you know, literally it's life and death. Right. Got to focus and, on this. And, you know, in, in some senses it, it is, you know, an extreme version of what a lot of lawyers go through. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I took some time off. I, I tutored, Right. I was like, eh, I can't really remember stuff, but I can teach the uh, SAT. That's that's okay. You know, okay, you know, AP U.S. history. I I, I know that stuff. Yeah, so yeah, that I, yeah. I can do that. Nice. Um, and after my transplant, when I it's it's weird when I when I got the transplant, literally, I woke up and it was like the light turned on again. Like in terms of the brain fog going, yeah. you know, like like yeah, your brain is actually now functioning. It doesn't have like yeah, either was, whatever was, poison's not being filtered or whatever's happening. Yeah. You're like clarity again, and you hadn't even you hadn't even known how you drifted. Wow, it, it was the most surreal experience of my life. I would have right? to be. Where, oh my god, it was it, it was like you know to, to use the the sort of um, worn out trope. It was you know in in Wizard of Oz going from black and white into color. Yes, <laughs> that's a great like, picture. Oh my, yes. Oh my god. Whoa. Um, and you had so, known color before is the thing you, there was right. part of you. It's like, That's whoa, right. I, wait, I'm back. I'm back. So, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. If, if you talk to um, people who there's um, the, the eye surgery that a lot of older folks get now where, um, you know, it's the LASIK. Surgery. Yeah. Um, a lot of the times as a result of doing that, their, their sense of color comes back really but, but they don't they don't realize that it had dulled because it it happened so gradually okay right that's like oh that's what green looks like yes yes uh, oh my gosh 
That's yeah, that's a great way to to, to picture it. Wow. Right. And it was like that, but for all cognitive function, right? It's like, like, oh yeah, I can do mental math again. Right? Yeah. And that's huge. Is again, having already gotten through undergrad, law school, a graduate degree at yeah. that point, you you knew what it was like to have a firing, functioning brain. Right. And and like it had slipped away. Like it wasn't like you lost it one day. It was like one day, yeah. you know, it, it's it, just it, oh. when when I finally became aware of the fact that I was being diminished in that sense, yeah, yeah. It was the most frustrating and frightening thing on the face of the earth, right? Because people like you and me, we 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 live a life of the mind. Yes. And and we and we are stock and trade is our quickness and our communication yeah. ability. And I hate it when I can't think of a word, word. but like not being able to access any of my logical thought process get out is is maddening. A maddening yeah. thought. Wow. Um, so the so, light comes back on post-surgery and you're like, right. here right. I am. Right. And then you have that thought, you know, as you're recovering from the transplant, learning to walk upright again and stuff like <sighs> that. You're like, oh shit, I need to make money now. I, yeah. I, I, like I'm capable of working, so I need I need to work. <laughs> and had you taken a medical leave or had you just said, I, I resign, I'm I, out? I said, I'm out. Okay. So you I, just, I, you just quit. Okay. I, I just left. Okay. Um, you know, I, my wife is amazing and she supported us throughout that whole time. Wow. Um, and, you know, afterwards, after I was in a position to work again, I was like, I think I probably need to start um, contributing. To, yes. To, yes. Let me become productive this, again. Right? That would be good. Like, it's like, thank you, my love. But it's it's time for me to uh, help out here. Yes. Um, and, you know, initially my thought was to just go back. Right. And so I started putting out feelers to, to firms and people were like, yeah, come on in and talk. And I started getting heart palpitations at the thought of going back. I like just like physical. Like, yeah. No, you're you're not going. You're not going to do this. Your body is telling you something. It's like, yeah. hang on, hang on. Right. You know, and and after you've gone through what I went through, you start listening to what your body tells you. Right. Yes. And, 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 and I'll pause to say how maddening, of course, and frustrating it is that, that it takes something like that for us lawyers. I, I feel like I'm on this journey and I'm in my fifties, but I am just been learning through the guidance of somebody like, listen to your body. It actually knows some stuff. It's telling you things and you ignore it at your peril, but we're really good at sort of ignoring it, shutting it down. I got a soldier on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. So you pay attention to the palpitations. And you know, I, I spoke with my wife and I said, um, I don't think I can go back. And she said, then don't go back. Um, I was expecting, you know, uh, fire and fury from. Right, right, right. Like, you just got back. Can, can, can you right. jump right back in? Um, and she said, so what do you want to do? And I said, I think I'm going to try to open my own firm. And she said, okay, you got a year. Okay. Nice. Like, okay, that that's enough runway. She said, "I don't need you to be making six figures at the end of the year, but I need, I, I want to see some progress there." And she was like, "We need to know it's viable." Here. Yeah, right. You know, you have a JD. You know, you, you can use that for any number of things, even if it's not practicing law. And if it's if it's viable, great, you run with it. And if not, then we'll we'll take a look and see what other options you know are available. Wow. Um, and so what year was I, that? This was twenty twenty. Oh, okay. So right during co so. I had my transplant on uh, January twenty second, twenty twenty. Oh, and, oh my! I tell you, was time to become immunocompromised. Oh my gosh! Yes, I know that timing all too well. Uh, around January twenty twenty, I was working with my dad on trying to get him to accept kind of transition to an assisted living, 
And we just had gotten him and taken advantage of, he had had some health issues that sort of called the question. He couldn't debate anymore whether he needed. And literally I'm, I'm scouting out places like, well, we have, there's this disease thing, but don't worry about it. It's not affecting us. I'm like, what? But so when you say January, 2020, I'm like, Oh snap, you got just in and out before everything, I guess went, you know, I mean, if, if, if that liver had shown up two or three months later, I don't know that I would have been able to have the transplant. No, it would have been, no, it would have been chaos because yeah, no, no, nothing was happening for a short period of time when they tried to figure out where, what, how do we contain this and how can we keep operating? Right. That is nuts. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, You know, I, I, it's, it's that, you know, uh, Chinese curse, you know, may you live in interesting times. I've had a very interesting seven or eight years. (laughs) Oh, and that is, Um, oh my gosh. Well, and, so, and I'm, I'm finding as I talk with people, like everybody's got a story and, and, and I keep hearing more and more amazing ones. And it's a reminder, which is helpful for me that, you know, how disruptive the pandemic was and, and life had its own chaos and challenges. And then this pandemic has thrown everybody for a loop. But I love it when lawyers, when we can tell our stories of, hey, look, this is what it's like for me. It wasn't just like, oh, a little bit changed because I did a presentation uh, back in the fall and I went to a remote town that's a little smaller town than where i am mm-hmm. now it's like what's it like for y'all working from home they're like we didn't stop what do you mean <laughs> right, it's right. like well the rest of the world has like you know okay shifted gears maybe y'all were able to go along small town life mm-hmm. fine but okay so in 2020 then you you decide okay i want to open a firm and so what was your path from there then so my path from there was you know like any first-time entrepreneur um stumbling um, you know, I, my background was in complex co- commercial litigation for big companies, right? And I was like, okay, I can do that. Not realizing that none of those companies is ever going to hire a solo lawyer, right? No, it's, there's a reason they're like, hiring the big law. Yeah. You know, and, and so it took me about three weeks to realize, all oh, right, yeah, that's, that's not going to work. Yes. Um, so I, so I pivoted to think, you know, there are a lot of things that I learned in the process that big companies do that small companies just don't. They don't yeah. know what to do. Um, and so perhaps I could use some of the the learning that I that I had about how the bigger companies leverage certain things and then offer that, you know, to um, smaller companies at not twelve hundred dollars an hour. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um and so, you know, I did that and I started getting some traction, right? Okay. The 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 difficulty was all of my contacts were in a different world. Right, because you 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 when you go into big and I've I've summered at big law, I've worked in medium sized law firms, small, large, uh, not as much large, but you as a first or second year associate, you're not really developing your own clientele yet. You're still performing your function in this massive bet the company huge, you know, millions of dollars thing. And so you don't have anybody you can call and say, hey, if you ever need a will, you know, or whatever. Right, right. That's that's right. You know, and so um you know, there was, there was a transition period of, okay, well, how do I meet the kind of people who are going to want the kind of things that I'm offering now? Right, right. Um, you know, there was, in, in some senses, it was fortunate that it happened during COVID because I wasn't able to go out and meet people anyway that first year, right? Because I was so right. That's right. That if I got a cold, I would end up in the hospital. Right. Oh my right. gosh, that's right. So the fact that Zoom became normal, was actually an advantage to me. Perfect because, timing. Wow. You know, I can I can hop on a meeting, you know, 
without any trouble. And, and right. you know, um, so, you know, I, I, I use that to my advantage uh, yeah. because I knew that that was going to be, if not the model, like a large part of my model going forward was right. the, the remote, you know, um, setup. Yes. So I, so I really leaned into that and, you know, um, started getting, you know, enough of a, um, enough traction that my wife at the end of the year, you know, said, okay, let's. It's like, we can, we can see some, some, some momentum starting to build. We can see right. enough to, to keep going, which, right. which that's another, another interesting point. Uh, and by the way, I think I made like this first part is even, even we're getting, this is book related, but this will make a great podcast. If you don't mind, I may just put this on the thriving lawyers podcast. Sure. Instead sure. of asking you to come back another time, this is great stuff. Um, sure. But what I love about that is uh, when we're making changes and we're, 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 you know, making choices and moving forward, I keep wanting to get like all the signs right now, like all the confirmation, like here it is. Yes. You opened your firm and here are 20 cases and you're off to the races, but you often get just enough light to go. Yeah. Keep going, but not enough necessary to go. And this is it. And maybe, maybe the, this is a, comes at some point in time i'm still waiting i get but... i i haven't got there yet you know, <laughs> uh, you know and um you know it's there there's enough that that you can see that you can go further right and and yeah that that that, that is enough that's all that you can really hope for right, right? you read some people chose you some people said hey yes i i want what you have um and 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 then they come back to you maybe and it, it kind of depends again on what kind of area you're practicing in so what did you start seeing traction with what kinds of offerings did you have that were starting yeah. to at least show some sign of hey we could do this and maybe do it again and keep doing it better yeah so i i started working with a bunch of small business owners right okay. so this was everything from you know doctors that i knew who needed help with their corporate um formation and yeah and they were, an llc you know, or an llp or right yeah um to you know i got a call from um a auto body who who's down a little bit down the road and they're like so i think it's about time that we incorporate and i was like you've been around for 28 years <laughs> how have you not already lost yeah <laughs> mean, like, have you not talked to anybody uh, about taxes or liability right, or anything right so you know it was an education in terms of, oh, people really don't know what they're doing a lot of the time. Right. Uh, and there are more of those people out there than you realize. Oh, that, that you know, looks like an established business kind of from the outside, but maybe not very sophisticated or or what they did worked for small stage, but they start to grow, they start to scale and there's way more things to think about and and they need an advisor. Um, right. Yeah, you know, and 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 the thing that that really hit me was, you know, I was doing stuff that I did consider particularly sophisticated, but it made a huge difference in these people's lives. Right? Yes, they were and so, yes, so grateful and and so happy to work with me, right? And, was, and the contrast between that versus you are one of four or five, however many lawyers right. handling one small tentacle of a big octopus that maybe you know you contribute, you you can't necessarily tell. Or you don't necessarily right. see sometimes if you're lucky, but especially on the on the early years, is anybody appreciative? Does anybody know you're even there at all? That's right. Big change. You know, yeah. And, and and so, you know, I, I had this I had this you know realization pretty early in practicing law that I didn't find law intrinsically interesting. Right. Yeah. And something that, you know, in and of itself I found particularly um fun to do, right? You yeah. know, I, yeah. I, if people didn't pay me to do it, I wouldn't do it. Right. 
Right. right. Which is a hard recipe then to say, and this is how you're going to make your money the rest of your life. It's like, exactly. it feels like great. Right. You know, and, and, and the, the sort of, um, you know, needle that I threaded there was I do like helping people. Mm, right? Yeah. And so when you start getting your satisfaction from helping people, not doing interesting legal work, right. The game changes, right. Because then it's just about how can I help more people? Not yes. Can I do oh, a yes. Really interesting operating agreement here. Right. Wait, oh, and you're talking about something, though, that's so fundamental. I spent a few years as a uh, law professor, and so I've, I've worked in the academy. I've thought about it a lot, and I've been coaching, teaching, and training for a long time. But um, definitely that's the mindset in law school, like find interesting work. I wanted sexy work, interesting work. I wasn't as driven by I need to make the most money. First of all, nobody told us, you know, who's making more money than all, you know, the big law, the personal injury lawyers. Nobody even mentioned at my law school that personal injury was really a thing that lots of people did. Because yeah. law schools have a perverse symbiotic relationship with big law. Yes, which right. which makes no sense because the vast majority of people do not end up there. It's no, it's especially no. in the, you know the the wide ranging number right. of law schools out there. It's 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 right. insanity if you're trying to play for a game that almost nobody that you're going to graduate is going to end up yeah. there. Just statistically, not about merit. Just statistically, everybody right. can't be there. Right. But 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 how do you justify tuition unless you say you can make two hundred thousand dollars a year when you're uh. Mm, and yeah, right. and um, too many truth bombs. We might get. I don't know. <laughs> you know it's, it's... But you're right, though. You're right. And but but I'm I at least I so I wasn't trying to make the most money, but I did want to do interesting work, and I had these preconceived notions of what would be interesting work. Right. Oh, constitutional exactly. issues. Oh, this or that. And I kind of you know turned my nose up at things that that you know didn't have that that zing. Yeah. But it turns out, gosh, that's a lot of what people need, isn't it? It's mostly what people need. Yeah. 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 You know, um, you know, I, I, I ended up moving into estate planning because the small business owners that, that I was working with needed business succession planning. And you can't do that unless you also have. Bingo. Planning, right? Bingo. So it was just a natural progression of, oh, my clients need all of this stuff. And you and you can become that trusted resource that says, hey, look. Um, yep. whatever it is you need for planning purposes for, and, and then, you know, hopefully they, if they, if there's a crisis, if you're not doing litigation, but you, you have a network of people that, you know, well, look, I know who can help you with that. You're in the prevention and the wise planning mode. And there's so many things that sort of go with that. I love yep. that. Absolutely. Right. And, you know, I still don't particularly care for law, but I really like helping people. And, you know, I've, I've, um, you know, I, I'm masochistic enough that I now have two law firms, right? Rather than just one. Okay, so you have you have McGran Law, and is it Alt MBA also a law firm then? So no, Alt MBA is a um, uh, a program uh, that Seth Godin runs. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so it's 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 just it's a uh, um, program where you know people who are a little bit further along in their careers who want to learn about business in a different kind of way. Oh, I've heard about that. Okay, okay. So yeah, what are the two law firms then? Is it it's so, McGrain Law and Purely Estates Law Group? That's right. Gotcha. Okay, and so what's so, what's your relationship with each one and which one came about first and, and how do they so, operate? Yeah, so McGrain Law is the uh, first firm. It's confusingly in the process of being rebranded right now. Okay. Um, so I, I had McGrain Law for a bunch of years and then last summer, um, Wendy Witt, um, who you may have run across at some point on on LinkedIn, um, 
she's also in Pittsburgh and, and we were talking and, and, and she said, you know, would you be interested in starting uh, an estates firm? Right. And, and she said, I'd like to get back into the practice. She had, she's, she's a uh, law firm uh, strategy coach. Okay. Um, and she hadn't been practicing for about 10 years. And she said, I'd really like to get back into practicing, but I don't want to do it by myself. Ah, awesome. And one of the things that I had been really struggling with on, on a just basic marketing level was when your two primary client bases are, you know, founders of startups and estate clients, those are two very different audiences and you can't see yeah. the same way. Yeah, it's I've, I've re realized that too, as I tried to serve a couple of different sectors when the messaging needs to be different, that, that that when you do that sort of, and again, none of this we learn in law school, but when you do that sort of ideal client exercise of like, mm -hmm. whose problem do I want to solve? Right. Um, you got to be careful. Like, you know, well, these people's yeah. and the, their problems are different from these over here. And, and how do you message to both? But yeah. Right. And, and the, the tone of voice that you use and the words that you use are going to be different. Like if you're talking to a 25 year old founder of a tech startup, you're going to be a little bit freer in the way that you express yourself than if you're talking to a 65-year-old person who's worried about losing their home. Right, into, right. You know, a, a nursing home, right? Yes. Different vernaculars. Right. <laughs> but but what I love, though, is you've got a little bit of a different solution for that because what a lot of people – and, and this, this is the third one of these conversations I've had today. They've all been fantastic. <laughs> um, I'm just – but but that's helping me sort of crystallize something because that's part of the challenge I've felt – even as I've tried to focus, I have a small law firm, law firm that's been called Osborne Comic Resolution. Mm -hmm. And the the kind of people I want to serve, you know, in one area, like how many can you serve at the same time? Unless you just say, hey, I'm general practice right. and I'll take whatever. Um, and and I've wrestled with that. But but what a lot of people wouldn't do, but what I love your creativity is, oh, well, I don't have to be just one law firm, do I? I I may be the same, or I may be with somebody, but but I can be part of two law firms and that's becoming, I know a few other people who, who are doing that yeah. sort of thing yeah, because yeah, it, rec I mean, I, it respects I, that market segmentation yeah. aspect of it. I, I checked. There's no ethical rule that says you can't do it. Um, so a good not? point. You know, um, you know, they, they are different firms. Yeah. They do different things. Um, I, I don't know why I, you know, I mean, I understand why that I, why I had them under the same roof for a while because yeah, yeah, they yeah. evolved that way. Um, but if if both both of those practice areas were going to grow into what I want them to, they couldn't be together. Right, right. Because you've got to focus the messaging, the thought leadership, and 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 the conferences you would go to if you're going to speak, or if you're going to conferences, or if you're going to network and hang out. Very different audiences, and there may be some overlap. Sure, if you get some you know startup person who hits it big and has never thought of their state, great. But then I just but that's it's at but yeah because then you get into also the processes. The processes right. to to support one and support the other are a little bit different. If you want to make them most efficient, each one needs its own process, I would guess. That's right. That's right. Brilliant. Um, you know, and you know, early on when I when I had my grandma when I when I was starting, I realized that there's nobody that's telling me that I have to bill by the hour. Right. Exactly. And I was like, I hate doing this. I can't, like my brain does my brain literally is wired so that that doesn't work yeah yeah right um so i just started experimenting without you know knowing that there was this whole community online of people who are like yeah let's not do it this way right and yes so, yes well and there's been there's this uh voices out there always out there saying hey let's kill the bill and let's do and 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 yet what we've started learning i think is certain segment sectors 
like I was, I had a great conversation with a guy. I don't know if you've met him online, uh, Patrick um, uh, Patino. If I get his name oh, right, I, I know of him. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. great guy. Uh, and he's all his work is flat fee except for litigation because right. there are too many. We talked about there's too many variables. There are too many. I can't control if the other side's a jerk, the other side's cooperative, uh, what the judge does, all that. But for anything where you're producing documents, you're producing an end product, a result. And real estate lawyers have known this for years. The name of the game in, right. in real estate right. is process. You need to be efficient. You, you're you're going to charge a flat fee because ain't nobody paying anything different. So you better get your processes down. But that mindset can be applied to the other areas of law like you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I I, I think that you can do it for some litigation. I've yeah. done it for some litigation, but it, okay. it is incredibly more difficult. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially because if there's any sort of fee shifting statute involved, that only yes. understands the billable hour. And so that's right. That's you right. Know, you you find yourself keeping track of time, even if you don't actually. Yeah. <laughs> which defeats the purpose. Which, like which I wonder the purpose, right? Yeah, I did that. I took um uh in my I've had a small firm for seven years and I mm-hmm. have had mostly hourly work, but I took a few contingency cases here and there, which I'm thinking like everybody is, you know, yay, upside, this will yeah. work out great. They almost never end up working out that way, but I end up having to track the hours anyway. Um, and it, it was, and, and I, I've, I grew in respect for people who have a, P, a personal injury firm who are in that mode or, or an employment law plaintiff's firm who are in that mode all the time and they can cash flow and project being part hourly and part contingently contingency is actually was awful because yeah, I got some cases that, that I need to run this way. And some cases I need to run this way. And yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the, you own a small firm, so you understand this. One of the hardest parts about running a business like that is the boom and bust cycle. Yeah. Right? Where you'll have months where you're just killing it and it's amazing. Right. And you're like, okay, this is going to last forever. And then the next month you're like, can I pay my mortgage? What happened? Like, what, yeah. What's like, where did this, like, yes. Um, and so one of the things that I've really moved into um, for my grandma um is it's all it's not all it's mostly subscription based so you are doing subscription based okay i've known a few people here in north carolina who've experimented with that how is that gone how are clients responding to that and how's it worked for you yeah so um i have back in the end of october early november i I launched um a subscription service that is effectively um you know it's for scale up companies rather than startups where they're funded they've got money good call yeah um, and it's they don't have enough they don't have enough funding or enough need to have an actual in-house person but i i act as an outside general counsel basically right um people love it um wow you know it's you know one of the things that that i really like about it is it it takes away that that sort of question of did he ask? Did he just ask me about my children because he's trying to get an extra point two? On right, right, right. Which and I wouldn't blame, blame clients for being worried about. Like they right. they ask, "Hey, am I paying for this?" You know, right. If right. you're nice, it, and we need to be able to right. connect with and, them on and, that level. And now they know I just care. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and it it allows it facilitates a much more authentic and and meaningful relationship that you can build with people that way. Yes, because it's 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 a set fee. And they know how much they can get. I'm sure you put parameters around it. Like, look, you have this much access yeah, and, it, there, and, and you probably can, you know, if you, if you can make a judgment call, Hey, this client yeah. is only supposed to get five hours a month, but you know what? They need an extra hour. I'm not going to be crappy yeah, about you it. Know, you and, you can make that call. And and I don't do it by hours, right? Basically, right. you know, I sit down with a client and I, I get a sense for what it is that they need. So far yeah. it's been fairly, it's been fairly straightforward because they are clients that I've had previously. And okay. Transition into Okay. 
Um, but you know, the deal that I have with them is at 30 days notice, any one of us can raise our hands and say, I think I'm being ripped off. And then okay. we talk and we figure it out. Either of you can. Oh, that's genius though. Because you could say, Hey, you know what? I priced this thinking you'd need me five hours a week, but you're calling me every week, bro. And, and right. you know, I'm, right. I'm doing a lot more. So, so how about we adjust this? Yeah. Or, and this has happened. Um, I called him up and I said, it's been three months. Um, I've been charging you $5,000 a month. I think I'm ripping you off. Yeah. You haven't done it. You haven't right. needed it's, it. It's like, let's, let's talk about, you know, uh, you know, so, and he, and, and the client was like, no, this is worth it. And I was like, okay, but you know, I want, I, I just, you know, I want to create yeah. the kind of relationship where we can have that honest, you know, this right. doesn't feel right. Well, I feel like I'm being used or you feel like you're getting ripped off or whatever it might be. But what a trust builder for, for uh, I'm just sitting here going, man, this needs to be like an ad, like a lawyer calling their client and saying, hey, have I been charging right. you too much? I'd be willing to adjust that. And the client like has a heart attack on the other side. Over, like, right? What is happening here? But what a trust builder. You've got a client for life there. And if they say, great, or if they say, you know, okay, you're right. I haven't used much. Maybe we can dial it back. Or they say, look, yeah, I hadn't, but, but I know stuff, stuff is coming. So just, can you, can you just hold right. on to that? And you're, you're going to go, Hey, you pay me $15,000 for three months. I haven't done anything. So I'm yours when the shit hits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. You know, and you know, the, 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 the core of it is, you know, um, it, it just comes back to a basic sense of fairness. And all of us have very, very finely tuned senses of fairness. Sure. Right? Sure. We, we think that we don't. Right. And that we need to like do some complex pricing yeah. mechanism. We know when we're being ripped off. I like that because there's so there's, there's trust and there's also, Hey, let's revisit it. It, it promotes relationship right. with the client. I mean, I could, I could imagine right. you get loyal clients who are like, I'm sticking with this guy because He's going to provide value. If he doesn't, he'll he'll be honest about it. He'll be receptive to my feedback. And that sounds infinitely better than the conversations I have with clients about how many hours something took right. and so, how complicated. So hey, you said this was going to only be 1500 bucks. Yes, that's before Jay Richards' jerk became the right. other side's lawyer. And all right. of a sudden, everything. And and what I've, what I've learned that I hate, and part of the reason I'm kind of moving away from practice more, is I hate having to send client a bill that's going to surprise them, right? Uh, you know, hey, you didn't know it, but I was working on your, on a brief for for you for ten right. hours, and they right. haven't seen that, and they don't know right. if it took that. And I, even if it's, I know it's accurate, I probably cut it, but it still feels right. crappy. Yeah. Now, now imagine saying to your client, "You can budget for me." Yeah. Right. You, yes. It's just going to be the same. You you build it into your budget. Yeah. And I'm hearing more lawyers that I talk to in various realms look towards that. I've, I've actually met in recent uh, weeks, a couple of family lawyers uh, who yeah. uh, a family lawyer. I couldn't believe this when this guy said this, it was, he's, he, he has his own firm, but he's also a coach for another firm that I was looking at as a possible source of, you know, referrals, clients, sure. all that stuff. And he basically says, here's what I tell a family law client when they hire me, I am your lawyer for the next six months for 5,000 bucks, come what may. And I'm like, mm -hmm. That's pretty gutsy. Okay. He's like, I'll handle whatever. And it's like new family law case, motions, blah, blah, blah. But at, at, at six months, if if we're not done and everything, well, then you're going to, yeah, I'm going to have to have, ask you to subscribe for another six months for 500, for another 5,000. And I said, God, that sounds, that sounds risky. He says, well, it, it is, but you can, some of them, I don't do that much work. Others may be a little bit more, but yeah, I tell you what happens is when it comes time to re-up, 
people they're get really, serious about settlement all of a sudden. Right. There, there is a forcing mechanism to actually. Yes, they can actually say, hmm, wait a minute. Is it worth going further to keep mm -hmm. fighting? And sometimes it might be. Yeah, but true. I'm like, you know, there's a sense in which there's some there's some good client autonomy in that. And there's some genius in that because that's what clients routinely, every hourly client I've worked with right. absolutely hates. You can't tell me how long this is going to take or how what's going to be. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I can't even in I've done mainly collaborative family law where we keep everybody out of court. But I've tried flat fee pricing on that. And it's challenging because the degree to which people decide right. to stick with the collaborative process is not right. something I can control for. I do my best. Right. Um, and it ends up being, you know, well, this is costly. I can always tell them, hey, you know, this would have been even worse if you had been in the litigation grinder. But yeah. And so I like what you're doing, though. Everybody knows the deal ahead of time. And so many other industries work that way, really. Right. You know, I mean, the, the way that lawyers price things, when you when you look to everything else, like it's it's pretty crazy. Right? Yeah. You know, if if you walked into an Apple store, right, and they've got a new iPhone and you say, oh, cool, this is awesome. How much does it cost? And they say, depends on how much you want to use it. Yeah. You would lose your shit. You'd oh, yeah. Like, no, no, no. What are you talking no. about? Even cell phone pricing has gotten so far away from that. Remember, it used to be yeah. so yep. all the plans in the early days were you get so many minutes and then you might go over and this is that. And we, they realized quickly, nobody wants to have to police that and do that. It's just, hey, you sign up and you get whatever you need, but they're going to price it, you know, and, and then there's some false, there's some fail safes in there. Right. But, but, I mean, but, but they're able to price it at a point where they're going to make more money anyway, and people yeah. aren't going to complain about it the same way. Well, it's what contractors do as well. If any contractor shows up, say I want to you know, renovate a bathroom or something, and they're going to say, we'll see how long it takes me, and I'll send you a bill at the end. I'm like, do I accept I that? So. No. Right. I'm like, give me a price. And most of them will. And, and I think that's part of that. I was having a conversation with somebody earlier today about uh, being entrepreneurial in the field of law at all, okay? First of all, congratulations to you for anybody who is, partly because lawyers, uh, law school is three years of risk is terrible, risk is bad. We always will avoid risk. Nobody does risk. Risk is terrible. And you get sort of stuck in that mindset. And, and risk is the currency of business. Yes. The right. buildings exist and projects are done and contracts are entered because, and art is made because people make risk uh, or yeah. take risks. Um, but right. we are so ingrained against it. And again, it's a useful skill helping people avoid risk, mitigate, plan for it, all that. But the problem is, it is I, I noticed this in myself, but in a lot of lawyering, we don't know when to turn off the lawyer skill and the lawyer mindset and to go, hang on. Um, uh, and I, and I've, I've, I've been fortunate as I've gotten experiences in the educational realm and I've like invested in a product or invested in a program. Like I develop a program and then I get to use it five times, 10 times. Right. What's that like? Now, right. You have an asset. Holy hell. Yes. Print. Yes. Right. Yes. Because at times I'm like, who, how did I, you know, I, but I was so naive when I went to law school, I was an English major, English and poli sci, at least I knew that part, but I didn't know a thing about business. I didn't know what they talked to my friends who went to business school. I didn't know what they talked about. Buy low, sell high as I thought all there was to it. You know, the, the, the thing that got me about business when I opened my firm, I thought I was going to hate it. Right. Because, you know, there was nothing in, in, in my background or, or my upbringing that said, doing business is something that is good, right? You know, right, like, right. You know, and then I, when I got into it, I realized that building a business is a creative endeavor. Yes. Like it is no yes. less creative than writing a book. 
Yes. Or, you know, playing music. Right. You know, when you're doing it right, it is a really creative and invigorating kind of thing. Oh, that's right? super helpful. That's super helpful. And and I love that you've been able to, you can do that while still in, when the business is a service industry, because you are serving other people's needs. Um, I was responding to somebody recently on LinkedIn. Somebody said, uh, kind of, you know, make a name for themselves as a family lawyer. Here's what you need to know to be a family lawyer. You're available 24 seven and you have to be a therapist. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I get that people have needs a lot. And I get that, that people, you know, um, are in crisis. Those are true. And I think we can be a lawyer who is, is, is sensitive to that. But I tell people at, if, if, if a conversation with a client turns into feeling more like therapy, I'm like, look, hang on. I'm underpaid, uh, overpaid and underqualified for that job. There are people who right. will. Right. Um, and there are professionals. I yes. might be called a counselor, but I'm not that kind of counselor. Right. Exactly. Or if you're okay with it, we can be explicit about it. But but let's just make sure. And, and business decision counseling, yes. Conflict mm -hmm. resolution counseling, should we litigate or not? I'm your man. That's right. it. But but the key is, yes, service mindset. Yes, responsive. But clients will also take as much territory as we allow them. And, and we, right. we train them, essentially. If they think they can get you 24-7, then they will expect to. And then you set that expectation. Right. And yeah, no, it, you know, when one of the things that that I learned the hard way, right, when, when you run the business, you are responsible for setting the boundaries. Yes. Yes. You are, right. When I when I get a new client now, they get not just an, an engagement agreement. They get a communications agreement. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Where, Sets expectations. You know, right. You know, they know that they can that I will not pick up an like an unscheduled phone call. But Which almost a, nobody does these days, right. by the way. But what a good thing to sort of just set that. Hey, just so you know, yeah. But but here's a link that you can go to, and you can schedule a call with me within 24 hours. Bingo. Yes. Right. Yes. Access so within I, boundaries. Never, right. I'm not unavailable. Right. But you're going to schedule it. You're going to tell me what you want to talk about, so that we can have a 15 minute call that is pointed. Right. And that you know is substantive. Well, and when you think about it, that's, that's how, isn't that how your doctor works? I mean, you don't just call up Dr. Jones and say, Hey, can I ask you something about my liver right now? Um, right. no, um, you know, you're going to make an appointment mm -hmm. and, and you're, and the other thing that I think we're going to hopefully be learning from in law, and it's going to hurt and it's going to be hard, but look at how medicine has had to, um, uh, segment more, like there are more professionals you can see depending on what you need. You don't necessarily have an MD on everything because you don't need an MD right. on everything. Your nurse though. practitioner, your PA. Your yes. Right. And we have resisted that. We've got like paralegal and we don't even want to have them, some lawyers at least. Um, yeah. But now limited legal license technicians are an idea again. Now, do you uh, are you concerned about that since you're doing work in estates? I know that's one of the places where they're talking about having technicians would you embrace that and say great i'll hire some of them that works you know or whatever's well, best for the client or what do you think i mean chris in, in in five years i don't want to be practicing law i want to be running two companies yeah there you go okay right, period um you know the the way that i'm setting it up is so that you know and, and this is hard for for me to do because it is not my nature Right, because you're you're I, a creative writer I, like me. <laughs> I have been documenting and making processes for everything. Wow! Right? Wow! And the way the way that I do that is, I will just open Loom and record myself doing something. Talk you got the steps, it, and yes, then, and then send it to my assistant, who then yeah. puts it into a step by step system. She then teaches it back to me to make sure that she understands. Beautiful, it, and then it goes into the manual. 
Beautiful, beautiful. Right. Oh, and so, hang on, let me pause on what you said. I want to let the significance of that sink in because it's 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 meaningful for me, and I think it'll be meaningful for people who hear this. I love that because lawyers don't think in terms of I will work myself out of the the daily grind job. We actually posit ourselves as central to everything, and or we have this naive vision of. There's someday when I can from par from afar be a puppet master and I'm uh, at the beach and and I have nothing to do with what's going on, but but there's a you, you got to get there first and foremost, right. uh, but you got to have that mindset of hey I would love to build operations that don't need me every day, right? Because you and I don't scale, right? Oh, right. that's there's brilliant. A, there's yes. only there's only one me, right? Right. So right. if I, if I am the critical piece, I am also the the rate limiting factor. Right? Yes. Yes. So, you know, I want to get out of doing as much of the work as possible, partially because I'm a little lazy and partially because it's the only way to grow. It's the only way to grow. And again, you're also thinking about who is the best person to have do this. And I learned a lot of like like intake. I learned by having a you know a small firm. I need somebody doing triage. There, we, right. there are things we can find out in initial conversation that 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 an admin person can find out that will be deciding factors of, do I need to talk to them further? Is it my kind of case? No, it's right. not. Do they sound a little unrealistic in their expectations? Um, do they not have information or, you know, what's going on? But, but you know, learning and thinking in terms of triage and process and all that. Um, did you have a class, I'm curious, in law school about legal processes and how to make them efficient? Nope. Because nobody has. Nope, nobody it's, has. It's starting to change. There are people who are doing some good thinking about that. But really, the change is happening because there's been legal tech and entrepreneurial minded people who are going, hey, we got to change. The world has changed. In fact, I heard a scary, uh, I was at a symposium recently on um, professional, professional identity development and skills development in law. And, and law schools are having to change, probably because the ABA is saying you have to. The bar is changing all of this. But uh, this person said, hey, my grandfather went to law school in like the early 1900s. If he showed up in a law school today, it wouldn't look unfamiliar. It That's would feel right. very similar. And you sit and think about that. That's not a good statement. No, you know, and I mean, I joke about this, but the joke is true that, you know, I never have to worry about, um, you know, being involved with another law firm and, and being behind them in tech. Behind the what? And behind them in tech. Behind Ooh. them in tech. Yes. Because it's not that I'm super advanced, but I use it. Yes. Yes. Right. And and as as, as an industry, we are twenty to twenty five years behind everybody else. Chronically, chronically. And again, it's it, it sort it's of picks up. Thing. It picks up on your theme, though, to bring it back full circle a little bit to the the liver disease and diagnosis that it 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 disrupted you. And it turns out, I mean, what a in a way, I can see why you say it's a kind of a gift. It's kind of a beautiful thing. Not wishing it on people, not saying, "Hey, no, do I, this." I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't wish anybody to go through it. But it was. It was a good yes. thing for me to have done it. Yes, because you, you basically you're on the hamster wheel, and somebody stop that sucker, and you're like, "Wait a minute, I don't. I don't like wheels anyway. I don't. I don't really want to be right. here." But the pandemic sort of did that to all of us in law, in the sense that we have this exalted sense of place, and you must come to my law office, and I must speak to you, and all this. Yeah. And everything must happen in person. And I had to let go of myself as a presenter and facilitator. I'm like, I love being in the room and I like the live energy, but what, okay, can you do it other ways? And the world is changing such that, you know, the clients, especially 
people in their 20s, 30s now, founding companies, starting businesses, they have a way different mode of operation. Their expectations are different. They're operating differently from a totally different set of premises on multiple fronts. Would you agree? 100%. You know, and, and let's think about some of the ways that we've been trained by the internet, right? Yeah. Say you order something online. Do you start getting itchy if it doesn't show up in two days? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Unless, but I try to track it. I know where it is. Right. Right. Yeah. But, you know, we've been trained to expect almost instant gratification. Pretty instant. Yes. Oh, oh Instacart will right? show up at my house later today if I need groceries. That's right. You know, and, you know, if if you want to purchase something, you want to be able to go online and find it and say, I want that. Yeah. Right. And I want to see a bunch of product reviews to let me know, is this going to be good or not? Or is this a knockoff? Are you going to find that when you go to most law firms websites? What are you going to find? A bunch of people listed with where they went to school and right. the awards that they bought. Yep. Awards they won for people that, yeah, for a lot of things that people don't understand what, what what's the significance of that. Right. Or they bought, you're, you're right. And you're seeing more, I think, in consumer-facing law, there is a little bit more of a movement towards got to have Google reviews, practice reviews, mm -hmm. things like that, you right. know, because we're used to seeing it. You know, hey, did, did everybody who works with this guy say they suck? That's important. Right. You know, but most websites are about us. Yeah. They yeah. don't say anything about, hey, I see you. Here are your problems. I know what your pain. Yes. You learn that right. if you start studying marketing, which I only did later in life. I feel like I've gotten a crash course in it. But mm -hmm. the idea of, of put your, no, really put yourself in the position of the person who needs your right. services. It's not about you. Right. But law school, even even in the I'm curious to know if your experience was different, but even on the clinical front, even if we're designing a clinical plan, we're still thinking about how can we deliver the services we know they need and we and we architect and and and, and set up before we actually ask and listen. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's the same way that, you know, again, every attorney website says we're client centered. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Right, because because it sort of seems to me that almost every law firm is designed to serve the lawyer. Yeah, right. You come to my office. You take the day off work and pay for parking downtown. You come to you me. Sit yeah, in an uncomfortable, uncomfortable teak clad office with a bunch of overdressed people making you feel small. Yeah. Well, right? and 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 the other thing is, even if a law firm starts to change the outward face and try, oh, we're going to be, you know. The, the the not much has changed about the internal workings of law firm structure, particularly in the larger senses, it because and, and I do I've done DEI programs and wellness programs for law firms. And part of what we challenge and think about is like, well, what behavior do you not have that you want? OK, so you want people to be in teams, you want them to be more inclusive, all this stuff. But what do you incentivize? How do you how do you that's, comp people? How do you reward them? It's all individualistic. Right. You know, and and. You know, this is this is one of the things that 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 I learned too late in life is the incentive structures create the culture. They yes. Create yes. The way that things work. Right. right. And if if you want to incentivize um, people not working together. Right. What you're going to do is what big law does. Right. Which is I want to make sure that I get all of the origination. I don't want mm -hmm. to share work with other people. If I get a bigger cut from sending a referral to another firm from another partner that I know, I'm going to do that rather than keep it in the firm. Yeah. Everything is is perverted uh, incentive structure. It's, yeah. You know, but if you ask them, you're like, well, there's no other way to do it. Like, really? There is no, man, 
Golly, nobody's yeah, nobody's there, there thought of anything. Billion of us, and nobody can think of another way to do it. Well, I, I, you are starting to see at least some larger law firms that will hire a COO or a CFO who's not a lawyer, who is just somebody with MBA or somebody who has administrative experience. I, I love the organization, uh, uh, the uh, uh, Association of uh, Legal Administrators. They're like, you know, hey, look, we actually know how to run stuff. And we don't know jack about a summary judgment motion or drafting a will. That's because don't you don't need us to. to. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we'll help you do that. You let us, but but it has taken a long time for for you know the, the the paradigm and what you always hear about you know it's Perry Mason and everything else. It's right. the lawyer is also the manager and and operator and all, and we don't always have that skill set. Most of us, in fact, don't necessarily right. so, or mindset. So if you if you look at most law firms now, some of the really really big firms are different from this now. Yeah, but most law firms, the person who gets elected managing partner is the person with the biggest book of business. Yeah. Do you want, number one, to take your best rainmaker out of the game? Right. Right? Two, he's not going to stay out of the game, or she's not going to stay out of the game, and she's not going to actually do the management. So you get the worst of all possible worlds. You get somebody who doesn't know what they're doing and is distracted from the thing that they are good at doing. Well, and and I've actually, I've had a couple conversations with folks who are high up in, in you know, good size regional law firms, not massive New York, you know, Chicago, but but big for North Carolina. And one guy, a guy I know who got to be managing partner of his uh, the whole law firm, you know, the U.S. at operations all, his practice tanked. He's, he's right. supposed to be still be practicing at the same time, but yeah, he could not can't. keep up with the client demands at the level that he was and the level of mostly uncompensated work that he did just running, you know, the operations and, and just, you know, to respect at some point that yeah, it, it's partly an, a humility issue for us lawyers to recognize there are other right. people who know stuff that's yeah, better than, than what we know. Um, and, and they're smarter and, they, and, and let them do their thing. Like we, like business knows how to, you know, you have, different people doing different jobs because they're good at them and you can set up different systems process. And, and, and we're so behind in that. Um, and it's, it's also endemic in, in, you know, the bigger law firm is at least they might get some structure. They might get some infrastructure or something. I've been, you know, on my own as a solo, I've had a little bit of staff and stuff and I've, it's been a learning process like you've experienced as well. Let me ask you a couple of questions. I want to be sensitive to your time too. Do you, or how are you doing on time? I, I, I'm good for another half hour. Okay. Um, I, all right, good. I want, there are a couple of questions I want to ask you then, um, that, that relate to sort of the, the idea of this book that I, that I am, am doing the research on and thinking about writing and, and kind of what got us together to start with mm -hmm. is the idea of, of, you know, what are the things that work for lawyers who are trying to navigate? Hey, I do want to have a, a life and not just be about my work and, and, and work consumes me. There, there are more and more people who, who would articulate that as a goal, um, and who, who are, you know, I think it's more important in, in, in younger generations. And, and part of what this conversation is helping me think about is I don't want to just write, here's what worked for me, Mr. Gen, you know, Mr. Gen X at my age, this is kind of my journey, which I think there might be some useful pieces about, but you're the third, your second conversation I've had today with somebody more in your category, age range and, and life experience. And you all have a whole host of, of, creative approaches and ways that you're making this work. And so it's, it's kind of blowing my mind in the best way, but tell me kind of what it's been like. So you, you, you launched the firm and you've had this kind of, you've had your sort of comeuppance that that's you, you know, you, and, but, but it's not just health crisis. It's also kind of a, it forced a realignment with who you knew you were to start with. 
Um, so how's it been in terms of navigating, okay, startup firm, now firms, and then kind of family life and where that is. And what do you, what are some things that you do that are helpful to, to, you know, to navigate all those kind of different challenges? Yeah. So like a lot of attorneys, um, I like to work. Okay. Right. I, sure. You know, not necessarily like to do legal work, but, but I like working on things. I like projects, you know, I yeah. like to, you like to have something to do. Tinker. Sure. Right. Um, and one of the things that, that I realized was that in the, in the eight years, nine years of practice before I got sick, all of the things that I would do that were not work, I stopped doing. Okay. Right. Right. Um, the only thing that survived was I continued to read. Okay. But that was the only way that I, I stayed sane, right? Right, was, right. Like at the end of the day, I was like, I have to I have to remind myself that, that the language can be beautiful. Right? Yes, yes. Um, Give me something to hold on to. Right, you know, but but I stopped playing music, right? I used mm. to play in bands all the time. Right? Now, I see your guitars in the back. I was going to ask yeah, about that. yours too. I can't yeah. tell what it is, though, because you got the capo on the top. Uh, it's a it's a Washburn acoustic, and it, okay. it, it it's there to get commented on in Zoom calls, much more oh. than it is to be played, sadly. Well, <laughs> You know, the, the the background that I have here um, is curated so that if people don't like it, I know that I will not work well with it. There you go. There you go. Well, I know I, I was a fan. Right? I see an electric on the left and hopefully an acoustic on the right. So that's right. That's right. Um, so so you had let go of a lot of the things that you brought you, you know, joy and refreshment and energy. Right. You know, and. You know, I realized that if you don't have those other things your work will just fill that vacuum, right? Because yeah. you don't have, I, I didn't have something else to go look forward to, right? Um, and so, you know, I found that, you know, it was really important for me to start cultivating some um, some things that I really love doing outside of the practice or the right. running of a law firm. Right, right. Um, and, you know, I, I consider, um, you know, so I, I don't do any hourly billing, but, you know, I have a, um, you know, on my to-do list, right, for, for all my work, it's also, hey, did you play guitar for, for 20 minutes today? So you do like time blocking, but not just for work tasks, but for what's That's going right. to be restorative, replenishing, that sort of thing. That's right. Nice. Um, you know, um, I, I am writing a novel. Really? Um, which which um I I started writing ten years ago. Right? Yeah. And this sort of wrote, you know, five hundred words every year, you know. And Love then, it. Um in May I decided no, I'm gonna write the same thing. Right? Nice. And I started doing it and the only way that I got traction was when I decided that this was just as important as the work that I did for the law firm. You made the choice to say I'm gonna blot time right. to make that happen right. yeah in in the same way that you know if i and i'm sure that you know this because you're an attorney when you start getting antsy when you're like i don't think that i've worked enough on this yeah yeah i get that way about my book now that's so good I, though because you yes you've internalized it as oh and, and oh and this is so helpful because i mean as i'm i mean the the mm -hmm. occasion for this call is i'm supposed to be writing a book i'm trying to write a book 
I am finding I'm struggling with the solitary aspect of it. And I'm partly sell, uh, struggling with also the end use, the end product, because the book itself, nobody ever may read it, but you're doing it for the joy of the creative process. You, you, you've you written and you've written enough to know that you love making that come alive on the page. I do, you know, and one of the things that, that I did um, as a forcing function for myself, um, behind a paywall, I am making the book the shitty first draft public as I lovely. Oh, lovely. And I love that concept and Lamont. Yes. Right. Because I know people have paid me money to see me, you know, shit all over a page. Right. (laughs) And so that's genius though. Right. But I mean, it, it makes me feel I'm obligated to do this. Right. I took people's money promising them an insight into what it would be like to write a book. Oh, and that's beautiful. And I would, I'll sign up right now. Send me the link because I will, I'll, <laughs> crazy enough, I will pay for that because I love the creative process. And um, even as I've been trying to morph into, okay, I'm going to do some more writing. Part of what I've wrestled with is I don't like the solitary nature of it, but getting to have these conversations is curing that, is helping. Um, but also um, just being around people who, who are, you know, creating art for the sake of art and trusting, hey, what will happen with it? Who knows? Um, but you, nobody's had a gear. I mean, Grisham wrote his first book. He did not know anybody was ever going to read that set. No, at all. You, you know, and, and one of the things that, that was the tipping point for me when I decided, okay, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to put it. Yeah. Around. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time when we read books, they are finished. They've been through professional editing. Yes. You know, they, and so we've got this idea that books just come out that way. Well, and and we have, a, I think, a particular problem in law with that. I've been talking with a lot of people about this, especially if I've been trying to make this shift to know I'm a writer for a different purpose. And I've known it some in the program aspect in, in designing PowerPoints and all that. But when I am writing a brief or a letter in law or a pleading or whatever it is, I am editing as I write. I cannot do otherwise. And it's laborious. But it, but it comes out, this is pristine. And, and, and part of it, it's drilled into us. You get one brief, one shot. The judge will read this one time, the other side, all this. And we edit as we write. And, and everybody I've been talking about in the book writing world, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, says stay in writing mode. Vomit out the shitty first draft. Get every, all the content out. Come back later in editing mode. And then I realized, oh, to do that, I got to just dictate. I got I to gotta just run my mouth for yeah. 30 minutes. And I've got content galore, then come back and clean it up. And it right. gets me out of that, you know, um, have to make it perfect as it as I go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's really difficult to get out of that mode. It's so I, hard. Oh. You know, and and one of the hard things for me is the context shifting from as you say, <laughs> like writing an operating agreement. Yes. Okay, now now I'm back in 1946 writing about jazz. Like what's right. going on? Right. Um so you know the the thing that you know is has been so important for me is is making sure that there are enjoyable, viable, and intellectually stimulating outlets other than just work. Yes, and what I love about what you're saying is, so is there a particular time of day that you do that twenty minutes? Do you schedule that, or do you just kind of have it there as a question each day, or how do you how do you make that happen? So, I mean, as you know, sometimes our days as attorneys are unpredictable. Right. Right. Um. But one of the things that that I've I've begun doing, um, you know, I'm not a particular, I'm, I'm not really a morning person. Yeah. But I've started waking up early. Yep. Uh, early for me is like six thirty. Sure. Um, 
I, I don't start doing work for, for the firm until 10. Okay. I don't schedule anything before 10. You right. Know? And, you know, some of that time, you know, I get up, I, I take my dog for a five mile walk. Yeah. Right. And, you know, just sort of get limbered up both mentally and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. physically. And, you know, I come back and I'll read for an hour typically. Right. Right. Um, and, um, I, I, I do morning pages if you're familiar with, um, the, that journaling method. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I have heard of that just, uh, the general idea. Just, right. You just write three pages. doesn't matter what it's about, whether it's coherent, you just sort of brain dump. Yes. Yes. Um, I've toyed with it. I've never officially called it that, but, uh, yeah. I've, I've done it sporadically. I need to do it more. Yeah. Um, and then typically what that does is it empties me of all of the uh, sort of brain chatter, the, mon the monkey brain going. I yes. Think. Yes. Um, and I will take notes on what I've been working on in the book. Okay. Um, I will, um, usually have a couple of ideas of where I want to take certain scenes and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. I'll work, um, generally from, you know, 10 until five or six. Okay. And you stay in work mode when you go into kind of, I am now my grand law mode, you kind of stay in that mode. That's right. Okay. Cause that's one of the things I've been learning about as well. Part of my challenge that I've always had either you know, an entrepreneurial thing going and law firm going. And and what I recognized was getting difficult is the switching, too much switching during the day doesn't work as well. No, it doesn't. It I've doesn't. got to have blocks of kind of here and there. You know, I'm now in this mode. If I stay in that mode, I'll be good. Yeah, although it's hard to do. It um, is, it is. You know, now, especially if you're neurodiverse, right? I was about to say, we, we you mentioned earlier ADHD, and I want to talk about that because that's part of my journey as well. At, talk a little bit about that. When did you know that, discover that, and what have you found, you know, that is helpful to try to, because you can't get, you know, as I understand, we can't get cured of it. Medicine helps, right. but it doesn't fix everything. And there's, uh, I've been reading Gabor Mate a lot, who's one of the leading thinkers on some of this. And it's also about development. It's about community. There's a lot of aspects, but tell me kind of what your journey has been with that when you, when you learned about that and, and how it shows up and then what, what, what you've learned to, to, to do to, to help. Yeah. So I, I was diagnosed when I was six. Okay. Um, my dad said, so this, this would have been like 1987. Um, okay. My dad said, that's not a real thing. Lovely. Uh, the, the, the joke is if, if you know ADHD, it's about 90% hereditary and I can guarantee you that it's not my mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I understand. So, but so I was I was diagnosed and and basically probably forgot about it because I was left to fend for myself for years yep. and years. Common story, sadly. Um, you know, and I got by well enough because I'm bright enough that for the most part you can wear the mask and get get through it. Yes, um, yes, that same for me. Nobody discovered it for me in, at all in right. adolescence because I didn't have the hyperactivity component, and I could no, pull I stuff out of my butt at the eleventh hour and I'd still get right. A's. So everybody's like, "What? Well, he's fine." Right. Yeah. You know, and. You know, my, my grades were inconsistent in classes that I was interested in. I was Bingo. literally the top person in the class and in grades and in classes that I had no interest in. I just didn't do the work. Yep. Um, I I almost didn't graduate um, because uh, my senior year in, in uh, AP Calculus BC, I would do the homework until I figured out how to do it. Okay. And then just stop. And I wouldn't do the rest of the homework because I would know how to do it. I know I it for the test. I'm good. Right. I would I would get A's on the test and my teacher would say, You shouldn't be able to do this. And I was like, says who? <laughs> right. 
Um, you gave me 20 problems. I figured out how to do it in 10. Right. And then I went, I, you know, I, I read, you know, Camus for an hour, right? Yeah. Which is a better use of my time doing a bunch of bullshit that I already know how to do or actually expanding my mind. Right. I'm exactly. Do this every single time. Beautiful. Um, so, you know, I, I got through because, you know, as you say, you know, I never missed a deadline. Right. Everybody thought that I was going to miss every single deadline. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You wrote, you took everyone right up to the wire and negotiating. Yeah. Oh, I had a little printer problem. Let me get, yeah, I know the drill all too well. Um, and that, that works fine until, um, until I started practicing law. I got through law yep. school that way and, you know, it was, it was fine. Um, yeah. Did you caffeinate a lot too? That's what a lot of us do. That's okay. a good, good form of self-medication as well. Well, yeah, you know, because I mean, the, the, the neurochemistry, like the, the caffeine, um, actually calms the brain as opposed to for most people, which speeds it up. Yeah. It, 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 also... it stimulates, as I understand, it stimulates the, the sort of regulator, the, the frontal exactly. cortex regulator. That's like, exactly. Oh, let's decide what to pay attention to instead of just, you know, drifting with the that's wind. That's right. You know, it, it's the same reason that, you know, I mean, Adderall is basically methamphetamine. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I got into actually practicing and all of a sudden there was just too much to keep track of. Yeah. I mean, there was just too much. I was managing caseload of like 90 cases. And it's like, yeah, I'm missing deadlines. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and you're trying to probably, what I was doing is trying to staff, well, okay, I better have the crack best secretary in the world exactly. who's going to keep track of all the deadlines, but they're still having to kind of push me and like, Hey, did you see that coming? I'm like, it, and, and what I've been learning is it's, 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 it's partly about a relationship to time. Like the future doesn't exist oh, for the no, ADD brain. It's, it's like, everything is now I'm present. Everything is now or some undefinable future. Yes, yes, and and it's all this. Undefin I, I would I would say, oh, I got two hours. I can get twenty things done. Sure, time yeah. is fungible. Yeah, you know, renewable. I, 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 my my wife, um, who God help me, is a psychiatrist. Um, <laughs> so she 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 knows, but she's yeah. She's like, you're very you're you're a time optimist. Time optimistic, yeah. Chrono optimism is what I heard. Yes, uh, chrono optimism. Yes. Um. So. You know, I, I did the same thing. You know, I made sure that my secretary like took care of all of that. Um, you know, but I don't know if you experienced this. It it becomes a sort of resentful relationship. Right? Yes. Because they feel like they're nagging you. You feel like they're nagging you. Yes. Though you know that you need it. Yes. Um, and, and you feel like it's what's wrong with me. I just, exactly. you know, because when you see every, other people who like, whenever I'd go in anybody else's office for the most part, I'm like, dang, this looks neat and nice. How do y'all do that? Yeah. Well, right. You know, and, um, people will come into my office and like, how do you find anything? I was like, I actually know where everything is. Exactly. Oh yeah. Like, like I, this, you know, is, is about three quarters of the way down this pile and I'll pull it out and it's right there. Yeah. Right? Nobody else could find it, but I can't. Exactly. Right? Until but, until you can't, but yeah. <laughs> right. You know, and then but there is that breaking point where yeah. Yeah. there's just there's too much. Yeah. Um I sort of continued and faked it that way until I got sick. Okay. Right? And then, um when my when my when my brain turned back on. Yes. It was like the ADHD was in hyperdrive. Really? Oh, okay. Um you know, my brain was moving so fast and I couldn't, like, it, it, there was no controlling it. Right, right. I mean, you know how it goes. I mean, what we do is, 
apparently unconnected things are very connected, right? And yes, yes. We, you know, yeah. One of the one of the strengths of ADD, as I've learned, is seeing connections that other people don't see. And I used to think, what, what you know, and and be like, wow. I mean, yeah, that that goes with that. How do you not see that? You know, and that's right. one of the the that, obvious to you. But yes, it's one of the. It, it's like it doesn't. I love. I'm actually watching some of these TikTok videos later where there's like this young teenage dude, and he's like playing himself, explain to somebody else, like oh, how yeah. the ADHD brain is different from normal brain. It's like, oh, wait, you don't think like, wait, like, no, what are you talking about? You know, and it's crap. It's great though. Good perspective. Yeah. yeah. I remember um, learning that there are some people whose brains aren't constantly yelling at them. Yes. Yes. And I was just like, oh. wait, your brain's like, you're it's silent up here. Like, yeah. Well, you have silence or you think in pictures and not right, words right. always about everything. Yeah. yeah, it blew my mind. Blew yeah. My mind. Um, so what'd you do at that point then? You you get, you kind of come back online and then you're like, whoa, I'm back up, yeah. amped up, you know, at, at at that high intensity level. What do you do? So I I initially, I was like, okay, well, I, I finally need to get medicated, right? Except all of the medications are metabolized to the liver. So ooh, 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 ooh. I cannot take any medication. Oh, heavens. Oh, right. Um, you know, and I mean- Obviously, you don't drink, right? right. I can't um, uh, smoke weed or uh, eat edibles. Also, metabolized to the liver. Oh wow! There, there's no way to slow it down. And you got a liver transplant. You got somebody else's liver. Was it somebody you knew? Was there a? Was it just an organ donor out there? It was. It was an organ donor um, who was in a car accident and passed away in the hospital where I was. Wow! Wow! Uh, which, so, so know, with that though, you can't take a chance on anything that requires massive tox screening in the liver. You know what it's what it's doing. Right. Okay. So, um, so you know, you know, I mentioned earlier that you know one of the first things I do every day is I go for a five mile walk. Yeah. If I don't get that exercise, my brain never calms down. Interesting. Oh, dots connecting for me. Yeah. Right. You know, and there, there's a really interesting book. Um, by um, a fellow named Dr. Rady. Who oh, yeah, Rady. Yeah, uh, yeah. Holloway and Rady. Holloway and Rady are fantastic, uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he has a book about exercise. I think it's called Spark. Oh, okay. I'm going to grab uh, that then. Yeah, it's, 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 I read that and I was like, oh, that, that makes sense. Nice. Um, so exercise and, and diet is okay. important. And what have you found is, is are difference makers in terms of diet? I mean, shockingly, it's basically don't eat shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, avoid processed foods if at all possible. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if it's green, it's probably good for you. Okay. Um, you know, but also just lean meats as opposed to, you know, fattier cuts, stuff like that. I actually feel a difference. You know, when, when, I, when I go over to my parents' house and my mom makes, you know, a stew with a very fatty, you know, beef, I yeah. feel it um okay and that but that you're you're keying on something else that I'm, I'm fascinated with and i think we talked about a little bit too the idea of paying attention to your body as uh you know that again not a subject that comes up in law school at all uh in right. fact there's there's no there has been it's it's people are trying to change it there are people who are working on changing it but it's all about the mind it's all the intellect it's all being sharp back and, and 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 we we don't you know encourage i mean there again people are trying to change this Take care of your body. It is part of your instrument as a yeah. lawyer. You need yeah, feeds, your physicality. It feeds your brain. It yes. feeds your brain. It feeds your brain and it 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 senses things. It has memory, trauma is stored there. Mm -hmm. And and it will also be 
the warning signs that tell you, like, I love the story about, like you said, the heart, the heart palpitations, you know, when you were starting to interview for a job again, it's like, wait, hang on. I'm not sure we're comfortable with this, you know, and you listen to that and said that, that actually, cause a lot of people would push through that and just say, that's just yeah, jitters. I got to just get I over mean, it. You know, five years before I would have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, so that I, I have, you know, I, I don't eat a whole lot of sugar anymore. Okay. Um, again, I think that that has uh, some ADHD uh, implications. Um, okay. You know, what about? Let me ask you I, one other question. I know you got to go in a second. I did too. But um, do you have any tools? This is one of my challenges. Uh, as and 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 it's been helpful. I think identity has been helpful in realizing. Oh, I'm actually more of a educator kind of consultant coach than a lawyer. There's a reason I don't want to sit and draft long legal briefs anymore. I used to be great at it. I used to right. do it like nobody's business, but it does not, you know, I've tasted other things that, that feed my soul better than I enjoy more. I'm working on, you know, how do you monetize that, but keeping track, especially you got two different law firms. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how do you keep track of calendar to do list things like that? Have you found tech solutions? Or are you, some people say old school, write it on paper. What has worked for you? So there, there have been a mixture of text and old school solutions. For okay. Um, you know, I, I have two firms, but I don't work on two firms in a single day. Right? Okay. So you have a day that's that's purely estate and a day that's more McGran, I'm in startup mode. So even segmenting who you're serving as a lawyer is, uh, that's right. that's genius. Um, you know, because again, it's that context switching kind of thing, right? Right. Where if I have to go back and forth between you know, um, negotiating a commercial lease, you know, and, you know, uh, a, a probate matter. Right. Right. Like you, you get lost in it. Well, and know? we don't, we don't pay enough attention to how inefficient that is. Like I, right. and, and it's part of one of the dangers of, again, a quick mind, a quick success, you know, smart person, ADHD brain is, oh, I, I think, I believe the lie, I can multitask. It, yeah. It's not true for anybody really, but I'm especially, I, I've only learned in recent years to go actually, you know, the idea of flow, what mm -hmm. chicken tally and all, you know, talk about, yep. you know, staying in flow means stay on the same mode of operation and see what you, you know, do all your things that relate to yep. that while you're in that mode. And if you have to do like even pausing to just email somebody about your other thing oh, it, is going to disrupt it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you set uh, like expectations with clients, I guess, uh, as far as what days are going to be more regular for you for the different you know needs of things and all? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I find that um, if you uh, attract the right clients um, and you're honest and upfront with them, they will yeah. forgive or, you know, um, uh, accept almost anything. Yes. You can have conversation. Well, it's again, what you've talked about too, you build that trust and you build that relationship and you start learning the ones who can say, oh, yeah, I, I, you know, I told you I need it Tuesday, but really Thursday will be fine. Uh, because what I used to do is another uh, an intense form of chrono optimism is, um, uh, you know, not falling for the illusion that I could satisfy everybody every day on everything and not talk to them and just sort of, you know, hope it all works out. And then it doesn't. And then I'm begging for, you know, hang on, blah, blah, blah. And, and actually, I've told this uh, many times in workshops, but and, and I, I'm reminding myself because I haven't done it in a while, but like, it's better for me to start my day with the assumption, I am sure I'm going to disappoint somebody today. Mm -hmm. How about I make a purposeful choice about who it is and I give them a heads up and a chance to plan for it instead of entertaining the delusion that, oh, I will fit 
20 oh. pounds of you know what in a pound bag. Yep. Yeah. And people know. will appreciate that because they have their stuff that happens too. And then you can have, hey, you know what? No, that Osborne, that Tuesday, that is a hard deadline. Yeah, I need that because I'm going to freaking Apocalypse tomorrow or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and just having the conversation is so much better than, you know, hoping to get by. Right. Yes. Well, and it's trust building. And again, it's one of those things that you have to learn somewhat in practice. And this, this is the other thing that I think I, I think about a lot of systemic level, but law schools have also operated. We just teach them to think like a lawyer, analyze and, and learn stuff. And of course, the bar exam is changing. Like in the future, you're not going to have to memorize shit on the bar. You don't have to have no secure transactions to take the bar because it's going to start testing beginning 26 judgment and mm -hmm. and evaluation of things and ethics and conflict resolution strategy and things like that. Right. The the stock and trade things we do. But for so long, I mean, it's going to be fascinating to watch this unfold in the legal academy because legal academy for a long time is dependent on we don't have to teach skills because you'll learn it on the job. The problem is what people are getting in terms of on the job training varies widely from setting right. to setting, firm to firm. And there are great mentors and great people. I've been fortunate to have some great trainers and people mm -hmm. who have given me good guidance and, and mentored me. I've had some awful, awful ass people <laughs> who shouldn't have been mentoring anybody and who didn't want to be mentoring anybody. And so we've got to, you know, everybody knows to some degree, we've got to change that. And, and the ABA is saying law schools, skills, experience, that actually counts. This is not some academic esoteric exercise. We should be preparing people for practice yeah. because a lot of them are going to hang out a shingle from the start because they want to. Right. Um, they don't even want, you know, big law firm doesn't even sound appealing to start with. How do we equip those people? Uh, but I think you're going to be one of the people certainly that we're going to be listening to. And, you know, hey, how do you how do you do this and do it differently? Well, yeah, I mean, part of the issue is that the professoriate at law schools are academics. Mm hmm. They view what they're doing as academia. Yes. But they're at a white collar trade school. Yes. They, but they will bristle. They do not. That, that's that we are not a trade school. Like, yeah, you kind of are. are. You, you, I mean, right. you, the, you, the work that you are interested in might not be a trade school. Right. Right. But and there need to be some elite institutions that want to think about law at this, yeah, at this like, uber high level about how do we change systemic and all that, that is great. But 85% of lawyers who finish in any law school anywhere are going to be in some kind of small organization, small, you know, company, law firm, whatever, and they need skills. Have you ever um, encountered a Yale lawyer on the other side of a V? Yeah. <laughs> no, rarely. No, I knew right. one. Yeah, yeah. There aren't a ton of them in practice. You're right. Right. And, and if you do, guess what? They have no idea what the fuck they're doing. They're not good at it. They also are on every single law school faculty in the United States. Yes. And people have been sort of pulling back the curtain on that. And I'll give you one exception. Uh, uh, I did a podcast not too long ago. In fact, I got to go edit it because it's dropping soon. But there's a, a woman at uh, who, who's now a professor at Fordham, Jordana Confino. I don't know if you follow me of her stuff on LinkedIn, but she is she kind of had her come up and says, well, realized after being at Yale undergrad, Yale law was a machine, but she was working herself to death and like had this high achieving A plus, uh, you know, perfectionist type stuff. And, and she got the plum clerkships in, you know, D, uh, in New York and second circuit. And she realized, I don't like this. I don't want to do this. This is too isolating. This is not good for me. And she realized and kind of got some kind of counseling, coaching type, different kind of help. 
and she is the you know the dean of professionalism uh, at Fordham and help and teaches a class on positive lawyering, which gets into a lot of this that we're talking about of hey, think differently and don't just follow all the lemmings over the cliff. Um, but 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 she that's one thing she talks about. Oh, like you know, it wasn't hard to stay in that mode and everybody's rewarding and saying, yes, you're a brainiac. Keep you're going. Brainiac. This is great. Right. And and thankfully she had the wisdom to listen to herself and go, but, but I'm going to die. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but we don't, but, but there's, there is a mindset of, well, I've invested in this. I've, you know, it costs so much. I have to do this. Um, even as I do, as I've done in different periods of my career, less pure law, more teaching, mm -hmm. you feel like, am I betraying something? You know, am I betraying a part of myself? Or an identity. I think a lot of this uh, comes down to that concept of identity that law schools are starting to talk about more as well. What is a professional identity? And it's not everybody's going to look like this and do this. It can't right. be. Right. Yeah. Well, Owen, this has been a treat, an absolute trip. Thank you for your generosity with your time. This is going to be at least two episodes of the podcast, I think, um, uh, because I'd listen to it. I would have, but people might not. Um, I'm going to subscribe to your on the record blog is, is, is not just law related. It looks like that's about like music and all different kinds of stuff. Yeah. But uh, is that the same thing as the behind the paywall uh, where yeah, your writing is? No, you can go to penhollow.com for that. Penhollow, P-E-N. P-E-N-N. Okay. Okay. Like Pennsylvania hollow. Okay. I will check that out, but thank you for your generosity. Um, as we develop, uh, we're, we're still not sure exactly What's going to come? We're, we're, we're toying with, we've been toying with this idea of a collective of people together called the Thriving Lawyers Collective to get together and be a community of people sort of talking about what does it mean to thrive in law? And we're not giving a one size fits all answer. We're not like, there are a lot of people are like, mindfulness is the key to everything. I'm like, it helps and it helps some people. I actually read some recent said for ADD person, mindfulness is not going to really help us but no. because um, I, I am, I am aware of a lot of thoughts. I need to know what, to, I need to figure out what to do with them and, and get out of my right. head. Into action, right. you know, you, the the knowing what's going on up here isn't our problem, right? right? It's it's the constant awareness of what's going on up here. That's a great way to put it, because uh, I've wrestled with why have I not just when everybody says mindfulness and yeah, I'm like, I know I there's something it has to do differently for me, and I'm, I, I'm for the anxious brain, it's probably wonderful, and what and I'm still learning about the relationship. There's a for me. The ADD brain is actually a, a it's a flight from anxiety. It's like oh, I'll never feel that shit. I'm going to be over here in my head. Um, and so for me, what, what helps a lot is, oh, I am feeling things. What am I feeling? And so it's even, you know, folks on my mind, no, what, it's body awareness. It's like, what am I feeling and what's coming out? What's leaking out? Uh, but that's, you know, learning to you know, study yourself and listen to other people. <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I'll leave you with this. Um, yeah. Hit up jdhd.com. I just saw that the other day. I just no. saw that there was such a thing. And so I'm going to check out jdhd.com. Yeah. Or I think it's the JDHD. The JDHD. Um, yes. I'm going to check that out and seek that person out. By a guy named Marshall Lichty, who is one of my really good friends. And he's amazing. Brilliant. Thank you for the connection. Thank you for that moment. Thank you for your time, Owen. I will let you know where all this drops. Uh, and you can find Purely Estates Law Group and McGlan Law uh, on LinkedIn and, and follow Owen's post because he's got some good, thoughtful insights uh, out there. Thank you, Owen, so much. Really appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Chris. We'll see Take you care, man. Bye.